0: Before we get started, just a reminder that you can listen to both of our weekly Monday and Wednesday episodes of the Tom and Hawk Football Show on Amazon Music and Alexa for free. Just ask Alexa to play the Tom and Hawk Football Show to listen directly through your Echo device.
1: What's up, everybody? I'm Andrew Hawkins. And I'm Joe
0: Thomas. And this is the mini cast of the Tom and Hawk Football Show, bringing you all of the latest NFL news,
1: but faster. Ten minutes for the biggest stories from around the league. Let's get started. All right, Joe, we were treated to an absolutely amazing Sunday of football that went way past midnight on the East Coast. Our inaugural week 18 of football. The playoffs were unlocked into the final second of the last game of the night when the Raiders kicked the game-winning field goal to beat the Chargers in OT and subsequently knocking them out of the playoffs and letting the Steelers sneak in to the big dance. Joe, is the NFL doing a victory lap for how week 18 games played out for all the fans?
0: Absolutely. The NFL should be celebrating because this was the best final week of the regular season that we can remember in recent memory. And it's because of a couple reasons, right? First, they switched to an entirely divisional slate of games for this final regular season week because there's so much parity in the NFL that all of these division races and these playoff games were coming down to tiebreakers, right? Cause almost every team in the NFL was right around 500 and those divisional games mean more because that's how you determine tiebreakers. And so you had all these great games that were coming down to the wire between equally matched teams that were within division. So you had a lot of interest, but when you look at all the teams that made the playoffs, except for maybe one or two unique situations Every single one of those teams that made the playoffs have a franchise quarterback. So you could say maybe the Patriots are that one team that they're not sure if they have their franchise quarterback or not, but they feel pretty good about Mac Jones. And so the fact that the NFL has incredible amounts of parity is because we've never had such great quarterback play in the NFL. And I think this should be a note, and it's probably a big surprise to some of you NFL fans and some of you NFL coaches and general managers, but if you don't have a franchise quarterback under center, you don't have a chance to go to the playoffs. So as an NFL fan, you might as well just turn things off during the preseason and wait for the NFL draft the next year, because that's all that you're going to be getting excited about during this
1: season. I mean, I agree. The NFL should take a lot of victory laps. The reason why NFL quarterbacks are as good as they are is because they've altered the rules to play towards that position because it makes for more exciting football. And that's exactly what an extra week of the regular season does as well. We get to break records. We get these crazy anomaly scenarios where people are rooting for a tie because we've never seen it before. We get to see new teams and new coaches and organizations have meaningful games down the stretch because they get to knock out divisional opponents. Yeah, it was an exciting day of football. It was way more exciting than I ever would have imagined an extra game of football to be. Let's see if they can keep the magic going.
0: Yeah, it was pretty fun because even though the Browns, they were knocked out of the playoffs a couple of weeks ago, I still had a lot of interest because I wanted to cheer against the Steelers and the Ravens and I wanted to see chaos and I wanted to see ties. And that did one thing that put my eyeballs on the TV, which is exactly where Roger Goodell wants them to be. Hawk part of the Sunday night drama was because the previously two and 14 Jaguars beat the Colts as enormous underdogs earlier Sunday. Yep. You heard that right. The Colts just had to beat the Jags to get into the playoffs, but they blew their chances at the playoffs and let the Steelers sneak in with their win over the Ravens and some help from the Raiders, as we just discussed. But was the Colts collapse one of the worst you've ever seen by an NFL team in the last game of the regular season? And can they bounce back with Carson Wentz as their quarterback?
1: That was a pretty bad collapse by all stretches of the imagination. The reason being the Colts, they're such a talented roster. Now we always talk about these tiers of quarterbacks and everyone has their own tier. Here's my tier. There's elite level, which is the A-Rod, Tom Brady level. You know, there's the young guns who are going to be in that world, the Josh Allens, Joe Burrows, Lamar Jackson. There's the staples of Russell Wilson's. There's the second tier, which the top of is like Matt Ryan. Mm. I think Matt Stafford's in that. There's the middle of the pack, which is like Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, probably like 15, 16, and 17. And then there's the rest. And that's where I think Carson Wentz is. He's under that top half of quarterback. And if you look at that trade between them and the Eagles, the Eagles won that trade, right? Carson Wentz is still making $30 million from the Eagles this year, but Jalen Hurts makes like a million bucks. He comes in, he overperforms what you expect. He takes a 4-11 team to the playoffs in his first full-time year as a starter, and Carson Wentz goes to the Colts. And Carson Wentz hasn't played bad. He's played okay. He's played serviceable. He's protected the football. But he hasn't given them the plays they needed. He didn't make those plays in that final week of the season to put them over the hump, and that's what you want out of your quarterback. That was the reason why they traded for him, that specific game. And what did he do? He turned the football over in the most inopportune time against the worst team in the NFL. The problem with Carson Wentz is when you need him the most, you get the least of Carson (laughs)
0: Wentz. And that's not exactly what you want with a quarterback. That's not exactly the quarterback that you can build your franchise around. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Indianapolis Colts start looking in different directions this offseason at that quarterback position.
1: Adding on to more NFL crazy, Big Ben and the Steelers are in. So his retirement tour will take an unprecedented third consecutive week. Into the (laughs) postseason. Um, But also in that story, Pittsburgh's T.J. Watt tied Michael Strahan's single season sack record of 22.5. But Joe, would you put an asterisk on T.J. Watt's record because he had a span of 17 regular season weeks to do it in?
0: Big Ben. I love it. He's getting more attention for the retirement tour, just the way he (laughs) could draw it up. Congratulations, my friend. But there should be no asterisks next to the TJ Watt sack tie record because there's no asterisk next to Michael Strahan's record. You know, Deacon Jones, I don't know if you guys remember in 1968, he only played 14 games. He had 22 sacks. So why would there be an asterisk? Because, Al Bubba Baker Mm. in 1978 had 23 sacks because the NFL wasn't even keeping sacks as an official stat. Until 1982, and I don't believe that this should be any different now that we're moving to 17 games because more than anything else, if you look at how the game has changed, that has changed the ability for players to be able to get sacks or not get sacks. So if you look at when Michael Strahan played, most quarterbacks were the statue, prototypical quote-unquote quarterbacks where they drop back to nine yards, they hold on to the football, guys run deep routes, and they throw bombs down the field. So he had a lot of opportunities to get sacks. Secondly, in today's NFL with TJ Watt, more quarterbacks are getting rid of the ball quickly and they're moving the pocket outside uh, to throw the football outside of the pocket and so when you have that it makes it even more challenging for defensive linemen to get sacks so even though there's an additional game the game has changed to make sacks a more difficult stat to achieve so you're not going to put a asterisk in the stat book because the game has changed and on, on top of all of that let's not forget tj watt only played 15 games this season because he was hurt for a couple of weeks so he was able to do what michael strahan didn't because michael strahan played 16 games so all those reasons together the stat book And the record book should never have any asterisks because changing of the game and the way it's played and the number of games that are played is just part of sports and you just got to live with it.
1: Yeah, you can't really put any asterisk on anything. I mean, all the records that I, all the records before the color barrier was broken, I put my own personal asterisk on and they don't do that in the rule book. They don't put asterisk racism so yeah we can't the game changes and you gotta just play ball unless you're in hawks (laughs) rulebook yeah at least you're in the hawk rulebook
0: there's many asterisks All right, a whole slew of coaches, Hawk, were fired after the regular season came to a close, which is no surprise because it is the week of Black Monday, which Mm -hmm. traditionally when all the coaches get fired. But the Broncos fired Vic Fangio after three seasons. The Bears fired Matt Nagy after four seasons. The Vikings shit-canned Mike Zimmer after eight seasons. And the Dolphins let go of Brian Flores after only three seasons. Hawk, did the Brian Flores firing hit a little bit harder to you or were you as stunned as I was?
1: I know we're going to get into this in our longer episode later this week, but the Flores firing absolutely floored me because everybody agrees that Brian Flores has done an amazing job with the Dolphins. He's had them winning way sooner than expected. He has played above his weight class. He has beat the New England Patriots probably more than the Dolphins have ever beat the Patriots. So to watch him get let go, it just makes me think there had to be something else going on behind the scenes that we're just not privy to as far as relationship. And even in that scenario, I can't even make a case for why he shouldn't be the guy that should still be at the helm in Miami.
0: Yeah, the report is that Chris Greer, the general manager, and Brian Flores were kind of at each other's throats all season, and ownership had to make a decision supposedly between one of those two guys. And they decided to fire the guy who has done a great job as a head coach instead of the guy that drafted Tua Vailoa instead of Justin Herbert last season <laughs> great job Dolphins
1: well Hawk that does it for this week's minicast episode yep and remember our Monday minicast is now available for the rest of football season so you can listen to both our Monday and Wednesday shows on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to your podcast Joe take us out Show Hawk yourself